This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We ready to get into the Word today. Good deal, good deal. Well, hey, it's great to see you. Y'all, we're continuing our series today that we're calling Forward in Faith. And just as a reminder, I kind of wanted to walk through just very quickly where we've gotten to at this point in the series. If you remember in part one, we talked about the fact that we have to step out if we ever want to get to the destiny that the Lord has for us. Nobody can do it but us, right? The Lord's not going to do it for us. Somebody else can't do it for us. We have to step out. In part two, we mentioned the fact that we need to separate from Lot. And in the word, we see that Abraham had a nephew by the name of Lot who was holding him back from receiving everything that the Lord had for him. And so Abraham had to separate from Lot and we can have things in our life and it can be things, it can be people that we need to separate from to be able to get to the place that God has for us. And then two weeks ago, we talked about moving forward in in faith requires us to say amen. And we said, we've got to say amen to his nature. We've got to say amen to his promises, and we've got to say amen to his processes as well. I'll tell you this, I don't always understand the processes of God, but I've determined I'm going to trust him. Come on, or or any of you at that place, I'm just going to trust him. He's been too good, amen? And so we've got to say amen to his nature, his promises, and his processes. And so today we're talking about moving forward in faith requires us to believe for the impossible. Y'all, we serve a God who can do the impossible. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the lives of others. Come on. God wants to do the impossible in our lives. Men, I don't know if any of y'all did this, but whenever I was young, of course, my dad was my hero. And I thought he was the baddest dude around. Y'all ever been there before? And you've heard kids talk about stuff that their dads can do, you know, whenever they're trying to one-up each other. Like one time, Cash pretty much told me that he told his friend that I could pick up a car. I'm like, son, not quite. Give me a little time. Maybe I, no, but you know, it was one of these things I was like, no, nah, son, I can't. But, but as a dad, though, I loved the fact that he had faith in me to think that I could do it. And I'm sure that as kids, as we said those kinds of things about our dad, that they loved the fact and it just put a smile on their face that they're like, he thought I could do that. It wasn't real. It wasn't realistic. But again, my kid for a moment had faith to think that I could do that. I want you to know this. Our God loves it whenever we believe him for the impossible. And and here's the difference, though. Like, for instance, us, there are so many things that are unrealistic for us to do without a supernatural move of God. But with our God, there's no limitations and everything's possible. Come on, somebody. But it shows that we have faith in him whenever we believe for the impossible and he gets glory as a result. That's what happens because we trust him and he loves that we trust him. He loves that we believe that he can do anything because he truly can. And it's prayer, y'all. Somebody say prayer. It's prayer that gets God involved in our situations. It's prayer that gets God involved in the battles that we walk through in life. But we don't ever need to let pride keep us from going to the Lord in prayer. You know, a lot of times believers will not approach God with needs in their life. And sometimes it's pride. You know, there's multiple reasons that people don't go to the Lord sometimes whenever they have needs. And a lot of times they think they can do it on their own. How many of y'all have messed up enough that you're just like, I I just need to bathe everything in prayer, right? 
But people think that either they can do it on their own. Sometimes people aren't 100% sure if the Lord can come through for them. It's like there's some doubt there. We don't know if God's going to do it or not. Maybe they feel like he just won't do it. Um, Some feel like they don't deserve the Lord's help, you know, based on maybe what they've walked through in their their life or things that they've done. Uh, And then some people feel like they just don't need his help. They just feel like they got it under control. I've messed up way too much. Once again, amen, I need all the help I can get. But sometimes we also can just even forget to ask the Lord for help. Has anybody ever been there before? I messed up my hand uh, about a week and a half ago. I did something to it. I'm like, it was hurting like during Thanksgiving. And at one point I'm like, I'm five days in and I ain't even prayed about this. Why would the pastor who believes in healing and loves to pray for other people's healing not even think about praying for it? But I want you to know it's okay to ask the Lord for big things in our life. It's perfectly fine because he's a loving father and he wants to bless us in the same way that I want to bless my children and you want to bless your children, right? And so it's okay for him to ask us to do big things in our life. And whenever you look at the half-brother of Jesus in the Bible, and we're talking about James here, in chapter, in chapter 4 of James, James is writing about pride and he's, he's writing about humility, but he says this in verse 2, which is very interesting. He says, you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Get this up here, though. You do not have because you do not ask who? God. You don't have because you don't ask God. Maybe you've heard you have not because you ask not. We've all heard that, right? And often people complain about their life and what they're going through, yet there's no communication between them and the one that can fix their situation. But they complain. Let me go ahead and just drop something on you today. Don't complain about the situation if there's, again, no communication with the one who can fix it. Amen? He's the one that can come. He's the one that can fix your situation. And I truly believe that all of us have blessings stored up for us in heaven that we have not seen at this point. And I think a lot of people will truly cross over and not see all the blessings that God had for them just because they haven't asked. Just because they haven't asked. There's so many blessings there for us. But again, we have to ask. And some people will simply say, well, he knows all my needs, so I shouldn't have to ask. Or maybe they want to get real spiritual and use a term like, well, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. So I don't have to ask. Let's go back to verse 2. You have not because you haven't asked God. That's what Scripture says, right? So we need to go to God in prayer and ask. He's actually waiting on us, and he wants to do some things, but y'all, he's waiting for people to ask and agree, and he'll move in our life. So we need to be proactive in our prayer life. We need to be proactive in our prayer life. I mean, we need to be proactive in our prayer life as it relates to the salvation of family and friends. Listen, we need to be praying for that. Come on. Uh, for our children. I mean, my kids are squirts, but, but still, I, I pray for protection over them on a regular basis. I pray that the Lord is grooming their future spouses and protecting their future spouses, right? I, I pray that they're not going to fall into the ways of this world and some of the weird mess that's going on that, that, that the Lord guards their mind. I mean, I'm praying. I'm praying some serious prayers over my kids every day. And you may say, well, Gino, uh, my kids are grown. 
Let me tell you something. Little kids make little decisions. Big kids make big decisions. Don't you stop praying for your grown kids. They're making big decisions. In fact, they're making generational decisions that will affect your grandkids and your great-grandkids down the road. So you need to be praying for them that they're leading their families the way the Lord wants them to lead their families based on what this word says right here. Come on now. So, so pray for your kids. Pray for your for your job, man. If it's not going well, God wants to bless you with a job that you love going to work to do. Amen. Pray for healing. Healing is for today. It did not stop at any point. I have truly seen blind eyes open myself. You know, I've seen people with cancer healed just like that. God's still doing it today. He's still doing it today, and we just need to go to him, and we need to pray. Pray for those desires of the heart that we talked about just a moment ago. I want you to know there are people in here that you've, you've had a desire, and some of you, you've not shared it with anybody else because it's hurt, it sometimes even hurts to talk about it because it's such a desire you have. God knows. He's seen every tear you've shed about that. And just keep going to him and just keep praying. He cares. He's concerned. But we got to understand, though, that our prayer life is just not all about asking. It's not just about asking. So I, I wanted to make that disclaimer today. We don't just go to God whenever we need something. How many of y'all got that person that whenever your cell phone goes off and you see that caller ID, these words come to mind. I wonder what they want right now. We've all got a couple of them, don't we? We don't need to be that way with the Lord. We don't need to all of a sudden get in prayer mode just because we've got ourselves into a bond. See, he's God Almighty. He's the one that's about to give you your next breath. He's the one that's about to give you energy to stand up in just a little while. Because of him... We can live and we can move and we can have our being according to the word of God, right? He's the creator of the universe and he deserves all of our praise. He deserves all of our worship. He deserves it all. All of our thanksgiving, he deserves. And as the old saying goes, if he doesn't do one more thing for us, he's already done enough. He's already done enough. But, but let's not forget that, that our prayer life isn't just about asking it's not just about asking him for stuff. But I want you to understand, though, if we're going to believe for the impossible, it's going to require us to pray some big prayers. It's going to require us to pray some big prayers. And I want you to turn to Genesis 18 today. And, of course, in this series, we've been talking about Abraham, the father of faith, according to the book of Galatians. In chapter 18 of Genesis, we see that the Lord visited Abraham and Sarah. In a nutshell, it, the Lord spoke to them and said, you're going to have a child about this time next year. Maybe you remember Sarah laughed. And this was a very awkward moment for Sarah because the Lord himself said, why did you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. He said, no, you did. <laughs> and so this encounter had just taken place. And by the way, that's what you would call a theophany, in case you're curious. It was three heavenly beings that came from heaven, one of which was Yahweh, and two angels. But in verse 20, I want us to look at what took place shortly after the visitation with Sarah and Abraham. It says this in verse 20, So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. 
The other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why, you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again. Since I have begun, let me, sp let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of 40. Verse 30, please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. If I speak one more time, suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. Verse 33, when the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way and Abraham returned to his tent. Abraham was a persistent fellow, was he not? Persistent indeed. And you know, in the way that he was persistent, truly in communicating with the Lord and praying, he was asking for a big thing. He was asking for a big thing. And even if it seemed to maybe a little bit annoying, anybody ever have kids that they just ask and they ask and they ask? Sometimes it can get on your nerves, but I want you to understand this. Abraham did not shy away from making his request known to the Lord. And it's okay for us to approach the Lord and to pray about and to pray about a situation and to go back to the Lord and to pray about it again and to continually bring it to the Lord. I want you to know it's okay in the same way that Abraham did. Does anybody here believe that God can do the impossible in their life? Does anybody here truly believe that? If that's the case, then I want us today to look at three big prayers that we need to be praying. Three big prayers that we need to be praying. Now, these are going to be very basic, all right? But let's think about this just for a minute. We need to pray big prayers for ourselves. And it may seem self-centered whenever I say that. It may not seem very spiritual, but I want you to know it's okay to pray big prayers for your life. Uh, a very good example of this would be found in 1 Chronicles uh, with a guy by the name of Jabez. Uh, you maybe heard of the prayer of Jabez. There was a book written about it. I actually did a teaching on it probably in the last year or so. Uh, but whenever you look at this guy named Jabez, his name actually meant pain, ultimately. His mother named him because as she was having him, the pain was so excruciating. And so he gets this name that basically means he's one who brings pain. So whenever you go through First Chronicles 4, there's roughly 10 plus verses of just genealogy. But whenever Jabez's name comes up, it stops right there for just a little while, and it talks about this prayer that we're about to read. It says this in verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Y'all see that? 
Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. You see, Jabez knew the name that he had been given and he didn't want to cause anyone else pain. And so he asked for the Lord to bless him. And this is something else that he asked for as well. But here's what's important right here. The last line of this prayer. What did God do? He granted him what he requested. This prayer was all about one person, Jabez. Jabez was praying for nobody but himself. I want you to know it's okay to pray big prayers for ourselves. We need to pray like this as well. Y'all, if we're feeling defeated, if we're feeling whipped, if we're just always overcome with what's going on in our lives, it's very hard for us to be effective as parents, as spouses. If I'm that way, if I'm always defeated, if I'm always just um, down in the dumps, it's hard for me to lead as a pastor. Come on, somebody. We need to be living overcoming lives. And you know how we do that? We go to the Lord in prayer for our situations and for what's going on in our lives because we need his help. I mean, think about Hannah in the word of God. She so had a desire to have a child. She, she wept bitterly and the Lord heard her cry as a result. Solomon prayed for wisdom. The Lord gave him that wisdom. And by the way, James 1 says that if we ask for wisdom, he will give us wisdom. We need to be asking for wisdom. Come on now. We don't need to assume we have things figured out, but the Lord wants to give us wisdom. Hezekiah prayed for healing because the prophet Isaiah goes to him and says, listen, you are about to die. You know what Hezekiah started to do? Pray. He went to God. God gave him 15 more years. Had he not gone to God, there would have been a funeral. Changed everything. Why? Because he prayed for his situation. He prayed a big prayer for his life. So, so let me just say this. Are you praying big prayers for yourself or do you feel guilty because it seems so self-centered? It's okay. Again, our prayer life is not just about praying for our needs, right? But it's okay to pray for our needs all at the same time. It's okay to pray for blessings, for healing, for, for good jobs, for safety, for his favor. So pray big prayers for yourself. Number two, we need to pray big prayers for others. If we're going to pray big prayers for ourselves, shouldn't we pray big prayers for others as well? There's a word that maybe you've heard just kind of in, you know, church, the word intercessor. Let me tell you what an intercessor is. It's someone who prays, who petitions or begs God in favor of another person. We need to be interceding for the needs of others. I mean, Moses interceded on behalf of Israel whenever God was upset with them. I mean, as a matter of fact, Moses reminded God of his word and said, hey, God, you said that you were going to bless Abraham. And that there were going to be multiple generations and nations would come out of him. And he reminded God of his word. And let me tell you, God enjoyed hearing Moses speak his word to him. God wants to hear us remind him of his word. Paul interceded for the church of Ephesus. Jesus prayed for the disciples. We see all throughout the word that there are people that are praying for others in the word. And if I were to ask you, are you praying for others? Because truly we need to be praying for other people as well. Or, or is it mostly just kind of about our needs? I love it whenever I'm being told from folks in the church, I'm praying for you. You want to make my day? Tell me you're praying for me. I, I had somebody in the church this week that actually shot me a text and said, how can I pray for you? I, I said, I really want to make sure that I hear the voice of the Lord on how to navigate what the church is up to, and what he has for the church. 
I want to steward this well, and I don't want to mess up. You know, I, I don't need to lean on my own understanding. I want to trust in God, and I want to do what he tells us to do, and I don't want to miss it. Amen? Can I just encourage y'all, like, in all honesty, I need you to pray for your pastor. Please do. And maybe that seems self-centered. Let me just tell you this. I need you to pray for my marriage. we got a great marriage, but I want it to remain great, right? Because here's what you don't need. You don't need marital problems to spill over into this right here. You know, pray for our kids. Pray for our safety. Pray for our health. You know, because if I'm not healthy, then I can't focus my attention on what I'm supposed to do on kingdom work, right? So really, we covet your prayers. We definitely covet your prayers. But a few thoughts about intercession that I want us to just think about just for a minute as we pray for others. Intercession is based on relationship. So you really can't ask big things of God. You really can't ask big things of people if you don't have a relationship with them. Wouldn't you agree? A lot of times people ask me to pray for their situation, especially people outside of church, because they don't really have a relationship with God. And so they will come to me and be like, as they say, I need you to send up a few prayers for me. It requires relationship. You've got to have a relationship. It's the cornerstone of intercession. Intercession is based on knowing God's character as well. The word says he's slow to anger. The word tells us that he's rich in love, right? The word tells us that it's his will that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. I mean, we need to know God's character. It's his nature to provide. It's his nature to protect. It's his nature to heal and to set free. And whenever you really understand the character of God, the nature of God, then it's not hard to ask these things of the Lord because they line up with the word of God, right? Intercession is also based on compassion. It's based on compassion as well. Abraham interceded for Sodom because of his love for Lot. He, he goes to the Lord and he, he knows that he's got family there and he's interceding on behalf of his family. It's effective whenever you love those who you're praying for. Now, maybe some of us here, there are certain people that we have trouble praying for. You want to know how God can work on your heart? By you spending more time with the source of love. See, understand this. Whenever you have trouble loving certain people, the more you spend time with the source, because First John tells us he is love, right? Whenever you spend more time with the source of love, then you will have the same heart that he has for people. Then all of a sudden, you'll see people and, and you're going to see concern for them and you're going to love them because you're not going to see them as just people that are so messed up who you don't agree with, what you're going to see is you're going to see people who are broken, who need Jesus, who desperately need a relationship because honestly, if they don't have one, then they're separated from God for eternity as soon as they take their last breath. It's based on compassion. Listen to me. Spend time with the Lord. I mean, some of you, maybe that, that's an area of your life. You're like, Gene, I'm just so frustrated. Because Can we just be honest? If you turn on the news, it's like the media just tries to get you angry and upset. First of all, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. But if you're upset, spend time with the Lord because he can work on that heart. Amen? 
But we need, to, we need to pray for people. We need to pray for our family. We need to pray for our church. Listen, we need to pray for our state, our country. We need to pray for the lost. Pray for this area, of course. Intercession also cries out for mercy. Now, a lot of people will cry out. I don't get this, but I've heard Christians even say, God, judge America and the world. Let me tell you something. We need to be crying out for mercy to God. Crying out for mercy to God. Mercy for those who don't know him. Mercy for those who are bound by addiction. Mercy for those who need a touch. We need to cry out for mercy. We know God's heart. We know that God wants to see him saved. We know that God wants to see him set free. We know that God wants to see him delivered and wants to see him healed. As a matter of fact, he wants to see all that done even more than we truly want it done to see it done. He wants to see it happen, but we need to get in and agree with him. Don't, be, don't spend your time crying out for judgment. Listen, cry out for mercy for people. Amen? Uh, the third thing is this, is that we need to be praying big prayers for, for our church, but also for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God as well. Do we pray for the kingdom of God? Do we, do we pray for our church? I mean, do we honestly pray that we'll see more people come to the kingdom because of what we're doing here at Church Alive? Do we pray for God to move here? But not just here. Do we pray for God to move in every church in this area? I had a conversation with somebody a little while back and it was about a pastor who's not doing well. And God's just put this man on my heart to just pray for him and to pray for him and to pray for him and to pray for him because he, he's truly got an anointing on his life. And he's done great things for the kingdom, but he's just in a weird season right now. And I shared with someone, I said, I want to see the man finish well. I want to see him finish well because understand, it's not just about him it's not just about his family. It's because of the influence that he has over his city and what God can use him to do in that city. I mean, I covered your prayers for this church. I want to see God move here, but I want to see God move in every city in the state of Mississippi. I want to see our state just turned upside down for the Lord. Come on, somebody. But we've got to pray for the kingdom of God, pray for the Lord to move. You know, I believe that God wants to do great things in this place. I, I want us to think about this just for a minute. Whenever Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray, remember the disciples came to him in Matthew 6 and they said, teach us to pray. And so he goes through what we call the Lord's Prayer. But there's a very, very important line in the Lord's Prayer, and it's all fantastic, of course. Verse 10 says this, Your kingdom come. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray for the church, as we pray for the kingdom of God, the way that 
I often love to pray is to pray for the attributes of heaven to come to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Understand something, hate doesn't exist in the presence of God in heaven. Sickness doesn't exist in heaven. Strife, family issues, addiction, none of it takes place in the presence of God and in heaven. And Father, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. God, we pray for the attributes of heaven, Lord. There's no lack. There's no injustice. There's no sickness. Lord, there's no hate. Lord, there's no prejudice. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just agree today. Maybe you've not had much of a prayer life. Maybe if you were to get honest with me today, you say, Gene, I haven't really spent a lot of time with the Lord in prayer. Maybe it's mostly been about if you had a need in your life. I want you to understand Jesus had a habit of prayer. Whenever you look in the word, he spent time with the father himself. We see that it was a daily ritual for him. And in the same way that he prayed, we need to be praying as well. And I want you to understand whenever you believe for the impossible, whenever you go to him in prayer, you're going to see him move in your life. We need to be praying big prayers for ourselves, for others, for the church, for the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, let's just close our eyes. I want you to just lift your hands. Father, as Jabez prayed, Lord, that you would bless us indeed. Father, that you would enlarge our territories, God. Lord, that your hand would be on us, Father, to keep us from evil. Lord, so that we do not cause pain. Father, we declare this just as Jabez did. Lord, we know that you heard the prayer of Jabez. And Father, that you blessed him. Lord, you honored his request. And so, Lord, we do that today as well. Father, I come to you, Lord, on behalf of everyone here. Lord, you heard the cries of their heart earlier. Lord, you, you knew exactly what came to mind, Father, whenever I was asking about the needs that they have. Lord, the desires in their life. And Father, as we just, come on, if that was you today, I want you to just lift your hand. Father, you see the hands. And God, right now, we ask you to come to the scene. Lord, nothing is impossible for you. So the same God, Lord, we ask to come and to just touch lives today in Jesus' name. God, I declare that marriages are healed. Lord, I declare that our friends and our family that we know so need you, God, are going to come to you. Lord, I declare there is healing in bodies today in Jesus' name. The stripes of Jesus were enough for your healing. And Lord, we declare them right now, and by your stripes we are healed. We declare right now in Jesus' mighty name. God, I declare financial breakthroughs, Lord. Lord, in homes, but God, even in businesses as well, Lord, with all of our entrepreneurs in the church. Lord, if there's any, Lord, lack right now, God, we know that, Father, you are our Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. Lord, we look to you. Lord, for just the desires of some hearts. God, for spouses. Lord, that you begin, Lord, to prepare Father, those that you have for these individuals, God. And Lord, bring them at the right time. Father, for children, God, you know the desires. Lord, we say just do a miracle right now, God, in that area. 
in that area in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, for others, God, we want to pray for our lost family and friends again. Lord, for those who are bound up by addiction, God. Lord, for those that are in lifestyles, Lord, that's not of you. God, we speak freedom to them in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we speak healing to their bodies. And Lord, we speak that they come to know you as well. And Lord, for the kingdom and for church alive, God, we say a mighty harvest of souls. Lord, like never before, God, we declare that for church alive in 2024. Father, we celebrate what you've done, but God, we know that you've got greater, greater levels for us to go to in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we want to be right in the middle of it. God, we don't want to get in your way. Lord, we want you to do everything that you want to do at Church Alive, God. And Lord, we pray for our city. God, we pray for our state. God, we pray for for revival in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we say, Lord, that, that it may seem like our country is too far gone. Lord, it may seem like Uh, Lord, some people that we know are too far gone, but God, we know that nobody is too far gone for you, Lord. Lord, one touch from you, God, changes everything. And so, Father, we thank you for it, and Lord, we give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree, can you say amen today? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.